everybody and welcome to today's press play with Sammy P and Kyla. <laughs> <laughs> As we have our random and real chats and conversations about things going on in our life, things that we're seeing happening in the world and who knows where we will end up. Random and real. I really, I like that. <laughs> How was that for intro? That was bloody fantastic. <laughs> So for those of you that weren't on live, because obviously we were just chatting, Sammy P and I are wanting to create an intro. And I was like, no, please don't tell me I have to do something because as soon as I get told I have to do something and there's a bit of pressure, I feel like sometimes my brain goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does it feel that way? <laughs> Today. That's, that's awesome. And you did really well. That was a great intro. I was really stoked with that. Sometimes I just need to be put on the spot. It's actually when I do my best work. Well, see, did you notice, like I said, you need to do the intro. I didn't say I was going to do it. <laughs> I took that good NLP of me. Oh, I just, you just went for it, didn't you? That's great. Uh, but I think it's a good one for us to intro because Sam doesn't realise this yet, but I'm sure he saw in the post that today we're going to talk a little bit about as a starting point, and then we'll see where we go, this whole idea of imposter syndrome and how it shows up in our life but also the shadow and the light of it so i have a lot kind of mulling through my head around this but i feel like even just that starting point that we had of the intro is a perfect example of it that sometimes when we allow ourselves to overthink something that's when the idea comes in of when the brain's in that state and it starts to kind of go into idle thought it can often then, if there's any stress or fight flight, go down that negative route instead of being in a place of taking a deep breath and just letting ourselves fully express ourselves in the world. But we've got so many memories of maybe times we've been judged or criticised, humiliated, put down. And often that can come about to create beliefs inside of ourselves about who we are or who we think we should be in the world. So then that brings more doubt and fear. So... Sammy P, do you have any stories that come to mind that make you think about that that imposter syndrome or where you've ever felt that in your life or career? Oh, thanks, thanks for the opportunity. I, I thought you were going to just nail it and I was just going to sit here and just have like a free coaching session. <laughs> well, I think if you go back, actually, if we want to go back and actually, so you talked about the head straight away there. You're like, you start thinking in your head and that's, I think that's a key thing that we've been, we've been trained in society to use our head. And sometimes to the detriment of actually not being able to tune into our, our heart. And it's not just the heart, it's the heart and the head together. Um, we've mentioned a thousand times. There's a beautiful Disney Pixar short film called Inner Workings. And it's it's a little six minute, no word, but it's the interplay between this guy's head and his heart. And it's beautiful. And it kind of sums up, yeah, sums up our, our conversation a little bit. But it's, you can see people, I was having a session and I was just, it's still on the whiteboard, which is just, just behind me here yesterday with an epic guy and um yeah got him grounded got him aligned yeah so head and heart and then would ask certain questions and then you can see there's a there's, there's i think there's a sense but i'm sure there's a physiological response that you pick up on when you're coaching people yeah. and just started answering from the head like literally just went whack yeah. and there was another um i was having a conversation and then the car office down there so that's why i keep pointing visual so sorry for those that are listening to this um, and having a chat with this epic lady as well. And okay, well, what is it that you want to do tomorrow that you'd love to get paid for? And you could just see this 
alignment. I talked about it last week. Just this, it just, it's like being around someone who's fully in alignment and so enthusiastic. You're just like, oh my God, that's amazing. But then whack, head came in. Oh no, but I can't do that for whatever reason. And then, well, I should do these things down here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, did you just notice your change of vibe? Did you just notice how you said that? that you love and that, that you feel like you should do. Like, did you actually notice that? And the head's really good at keeping us in survival mode, but sometimes we, we don't go to the depth of that stuff. And I think, you know, this is where you've talked about your shadow work that you've done. Um, I reference um, my epic mate, James Greenshields, the big cheese. So if I talk to, if I mention cheese, it's not actually cheese, it's James Greenshields from Emergent Leaders Foundation, check them out. Um, and going into that stuff, like again, with the session yesterday that I was doing, there's, there's a great, um, this person's come a long way, um, had some great stuff, can see things changing, but then there's a, um, there's a level. And I actually noticed that listening to some Wayne Dyer stuff again in the car hmm. and there's a depth, there's a resistance almost to go to the darker place, yep. to actually go to where it feels like shit, where we actually have that, um, where we feel scared, where we feel sad, yeah. Um, where we feel our shame and our guilt. Yeah. If we try and keep pushing that down, that's where things erupt. You know, guys, um, again, bastardized quotes, I'm not very good, so you'll feel free to um, let me know where I've stuffed it up. But, you know, five, you know, a split second of madness for a guy, you know, 95% of guys in prison have probably had that split second of madness, that five minutes of rage yeah. of something that they've pushed down for so long and then something trivial has set them off, you know. And without actually going to that depth, I think we, there's a, I think there's definitely, I suppose you could call it new age. Cheese talks about new age. You know, we try and think good thoughts. We try and yeah. like almost bash our head into submission with good stuff, yeah. but we don't actually go back and actually heal or integrate or have a look at the actual cause. We're, we're good at looking at the symptoms and then trying not to feel the symptoms yeah. and try and patch that over. But de the depth of that is the cause and I suppose that's Western society in general obsessed with the symptoms not actually getting to the cause and the cause feels sick yeah but once you go there and shine some light on it yeah. and you see how that plays out and then you even go back to where you sort of first started learning in inverted commas learning this behavior once you've got to that wound that core wound yeah you'll, you'll when you when you've done it you see everyone else's inner child coming at you if you like yeah. It needs a hug rather than the big fight that can erupt and people trying to be right and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's, I think, a key part of it is that looking at, first of all, talking to those parts of yourself in the shadow. So it might be today, this week, a friend and I were talking about the fraud and the imposter. And then I had a lot of clients that go into that imposter kind of syndrome. And for many, it'll either lead to feeling stuck, procrastinating, or looking outside yourself and comparing yourself to people that you think are where you want to be and then trying to copy what they're doing instead of actually speaking to the imposter or the fraud and having a whole conversation around, well, what are you afraid of? Like, what mm. are you actually feeling in this moment? Where is this coming from? And actually having that whole internal conversation because with the shadow and the light of an archetype and this is what I when I journeyed to talk to the imposter in the fraud this week uh, was a whole conversation about 
the light of the fraud is that sometimes they help us do things that we don't completely know how to do yet. And they require a little bit of self-belief. So I think about when I started in this work, now I came straight out of investment banking, right? And so to do that- Still can't believe that, eh? I still still laugh every time you say that. Everyone does. But like to be in that environment and then all of a sudden to be coming out and healing and coaching with clients, there were so many moments where I would literally sit there and be like, fuck, how the hell did I end up here? And what the heck am I doing? Like, it was literally like I'd stepped into this alternate reality and at some point I'd wake up and I'd be back in banking and I'd be like my old normal self per se. But in that, that was where parts of it, where you do, you feel like an imposter because I hadn't fully embodied that new version of myself yet. Now, what I did, which was not useful, I did. I started to look out at other people around me and go, well, maybe I should be doing it the way that they're doing it. Like maybe I should. And what it did was it created this instability and this wobble. And then from that place as well, it's really hard to feel confident about yourself. Even if this is for somebody that stepped into a new career or a new job or is a coach or a healer or facilitator, whatever it is, We need to find our own confidence by taking action that's in alignment with our natural creative spark and who we are. And I think back to the number of times where I did, I just kind of like backed myself and did it. But that required uh, moments of believing in either the process or believing in myself. Because I know that um, there's a lot of time where people don't believe in themselves and so they hold back. But there's a process to things that we've studied and things that we've learnt at the same time too. So going inwards and talking to these parts of ourselves allows that healing that you mentioned, which enables the integration of knowing that we are everything, which means that there is a benefit and there is kind of... uh, a negative per se if we're going to use that language or a good or a bad but that it's all one and when we can actually see the positive and the light and the shadow in both we can accept that because uh, I think otherwise we just start judging it in ourselves or in others and in that place we can we lose all influence over actually taking a step forward. Mm, There's so many things to talk about there but that I'd love to discuss the part of you know, when people first started, when I started doing the Sammy P coaching, um, helping people take whatever idea they've got and turn it into, you know, some sort of side hustle or business, you know, that sort of step, you know, it was, this is what you do. This is how you do it. Go and do it kind of thing. But there's so many, like, if you just watch um, one or two people that are a coach or that you look up to, and they might already do the mail list, they do the emails, they do the Facebook ads, they've got the Facebook group, they do all that stuff. And all of that stuff is actually not very hard. But we, I could, I can force people to do that, but that's probably not beneficial. It's like, you don't need my help for that. You need my help or some guidance and a process around why isn't it that you aren't doing it and what's at the bottom of that? Yeah. Because otherwise you don't, you know what you need to do, but why isn't it that you're doing it? Because then I, could, I can hold your hand and, and tell you that you need to do this stuff, but that's not actually, you know, that's not going to be beneficial. Yeah. I don't give you the fish. I teach you how to fish. Yeah. Whatever that thing is, I'll bastardize another one. There you go. Just add it to my list of bastardized quotes and stories and fables and stuff. But, but, but getting, 
<laughs> Sammy P's bastard, I'd quote. So that might be my first book, hey? Um, <laughs> um, so I think that that's the real important part is actually getting to it as to why you're doing it. And it's the and the funny thing is when I started doing the Sammy P thing, I was doing the webinar, I was doing the the challenges, I was doing the Facebook group, I was promoting all this stuff because that's what um, that's what I should be doing. And then I have set it up so that does have somewhere for people to go, but I haven't done much in that space for the last, maybe even this year. I was going to say six to eight weeks, yeah. but maybe it's been since January. And yeah. I show up, but my vibe is different because of the work I've been doing with cheese. And you know what? Yeah. People are contacting me for coaching anyway. Like I actually, yeah. literally, the only thing I've done is worked on my own shit and stepped into that shared a little bit about that and taken responsibility for my journey and people were reaching yeah. out because of that i didn't have to do the the email list the blah 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 blah, all the, the big list of the how you should market <laughs> yeah. yeah should is often a loaded word back barry it totally is um it's huge because you just like every time you say should it's that idea that then is kind of a head-based thing and i liked it when you said like use your head like and that like I just when you said those words I could hear a parent either saying them to me or saying (laughs) well did you want to talk about that Kyla (laughs) (laughs) which is use your head like use your head come on and it's kind of like it is it's a saying that went around that generation wasn't it whereas it's like imagine if these days it was like use your head use your heart see it's already there use Mm. your heart what does your heart say? Like, what is your body telling you right now is the right step in the right direction? It's like, it's a whole new paradigm that obviously we all have an inner child. So speaking to our inner child in that way as well, because that's one of the biggest things that I've especially been noticing in terms of when we're willing to go into, there's a whole conversation. Uh, I think the book is called, is it called The Attachment Style or something? But there's the book that's going out, which is a whole, education around people's relationship style and the last couple of years it's been quite becoming quite big but they talk about the attachment styles of anxious avoidant and secure but what I have done in working with clients is actually when they've sometimes read the book or read the philosophy around it they started to judge themselves which when you judge yourself that imposter even in a relationship like who am I worthy and deserving of this like what could this look like in this situation? But rather than judging or labeling ourselves an attachment style, we actually have this opportunity to get to know that part of ourselves more and integrate it into a more secure, stable, open and communicative version of ourselves because our relationships go way beyond our intimate loving relationships with a partner and they do now go into workplaces and environments that we're in there. And so if we're anxious in our relationships with our intimate partners, we're going to be anxious when we're stressed in the workplace at the same time too. And if you are a coach or a healer, a facilitator in this world, you will feel anxious or avoidant in those situations where you need to put yourself out there in the world. And what that often does is leads to those sabotaging habits and behaviors whereas if we can love that part of ourselves and know that it's just reminding us that we're about to go outside our comfort zone we're about to smash through a belief that we had about 
money, about purpose, about relationships, about ourselves, about who we think we should be in the world or how we should do, like you said, a process, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And in that uncomfortableness is when all of those doubts and fears come up. And from there, if we can love that part of the process as well, it will then mean that we're kind of unstoppable in what we're doing because we know all of these archetypal parts that come up in us when we're moving through our comfort zone to the next level, but we have conversation with it, we commune with it, and then we can integrate it and talk from that place because when we're letting go of an old version of ourselves, we're going to let go of thoughts and beliefs and feelings that have held us stuck there at that time as well. And as we were talking about it before, I was kind of thinking about like how many times when I started the business, I always had the thought in my head that was, well, it's okay if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to banking. <laughs> and it was mm. this kind of like safety net that actually allowed me, I think, to step more into things because it gave me a little bit of a steady foundation but it got really scary a couple of years in where I actually sat with myself in meditation one day and I was like, given I'm quite headstrong, uh, <laughs> no, um, I was like, I used to not be the best employee anyway because I can be quite um, forthright in my opinions with things. And no, <laughs> I can't say that at all. I say thank you to my strategy gallop strength number one. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to myself, I am literally unemployable now and I was like whoa and I felt all the fear come up because I was letting go of that idea of that safety net that I'd even created an idea that I needed but then a freedom came from letting the mm. rise as well mm. and if we if we go back oh, just for people that don't kind of uh, understand the inner child thing <laughs> even Beck's going headstrong what <laughs> on the Facebook feed there you know, going back to the inner child, you, can, you see this, um, you basically just, you're looking for a three-year-old type behavior of a tantrum, essentially. And um, you're seeing that more and more because so many people have gone into fear over the last 12 months. And then you see people react from fear and create arguments. You know, there's certain topics that you can't, you like, it's not even worth talking about because it's going to, well, unless you want to trigger some people and actually have time and work them through their triggers. But, you know, we're all reacting rather than taking in the information and responding and coming from a grounded, centered place. We're actually just going to that inner child. We're scared, fearful, and then we react. And usually when you react, it's not, it's an instinct. It's a survival thing. And that usually doesn't go well, whether that's as, as cheese would say in the, in the, uh, if you bring your inner child to the bedroom or the boardroom and none of that's going to go too well for you. <laughs> but I think going back to then stepping out as well, you know, the more that you are you like, this is, um, you know, coaching these guys like everyone still wants to learn more and expand um but having the certification or having the piece of paper or having that extra training means jack to the person that's watching you yeah the person that's watching you is actually in love to a certain degree with you they're buying you if you've got a service to offer they're actually not buying so much about you know if you're a chiropractor what technique you do or whatever it is they're actually buying you so the more that you can be you and the more that you understand that, the less of the shoulds and less of this, there's still a little bit of a, 
hesitant thing, which I'll get to around when you put yourself out there. But if the more you show us as being yourself and understand that people are buying you and all you have to do is relate to them where they're at or just in front of where they're at, that's so much easier rather than trying to show up like a Tony Robbins or whoever your guru is. Isn't that funny? I'm not your guru and it just drops in that Tony Robbins is a guru and I've done it. Wow, that's really good. That's really interesting. Anyway, different story. But trying to compare yourself to other people that are successful and that sort of thing, do you actually want to do it the way that they want to do it? Or do you just like parts of what they do? It Probably not. If the more that you be you, the more that people are going to be attracted to you, the more people will find you. You don't have to necessarily put it out there more. And it's so much easier just being yourself. Like in practice, when I let go of trying to be like the other guys that have been in practice for ages, my practice expanded rapidly because I was embracing who I was a bit cheeky, a bit of a smart ass, a little bit rough around the edges, definitely not professional all the time. I've got the big words if I need them, but the more I embraced who I was, the more I attracted the same kind of vibe, same vibe coming in. So we're having a great time and that expanded itself anyway. And then when you go to the putting yourself out there, what I've found with most of the people I'm working, it's not actually an unworthy, I thought unworthiness would be quite high up as a core wound for most people, but it's the loneliness. So people don't want to, people learn all this cool stuff. They want to um, get it out there but they're actually scared of not being liked. So unless you unravel that, and then obviously if they're not liked, they're gonna be lonely and therefore that's their biggest fear is loneliness. So they don't put themselves out there. They'd rather stick it, stay put in the herd, if you like, and rather stay there because that's safe. But they've got this yearning inside and there's that interplay already between the head and the heart of one trying to be safe and surviving and instincts and re reactions rather than stepping into, okay, yep. At the end of the day, I'm going to be more, if I'm going to step into who it is that I want to be, that is actually at the end of my time, this time around, that is going to be so much more fulfilling for me. Yeah. And so I can, I can own that space. Cause if I, if, at the end of the day, if I look back and then 50 years ago, I never stood up for what I believed in or stepped into what I believe in because it was too hard or I might be lonely, Who, you know, how's that gonna feel at the end of the day? And it comes down to, I think what you're saying is that like when you embody your message and your mission, and it's been a part of your own lived experience and you've become it, then it's totally believable. And then in that space, people believe you because you believe it and it becomes like an energy. Because when we are having a conversation with somebody, we're offering solutions that we believe and know have worked because they've worked for us or they've worked for clients over the years. But it is that core part, isn't it, of when you embody who you are and when you can really be an emanation of that. And I still remember like reading like feedback forms when I was doing so many workshops at once and nearly every single one said something about my energy. And I was like, you know what? It's so funny because guess what, I, what I've never been hired or paid for <laughs> in that way. Uh, they've never, and, but it's like everyone was just like, I loved her energy. It's contagious. Like how do I, and it's like, and it, they didn't always know that obviously I work really hard on my energy, like in a beautiful way, but in terms of it's one of my key priorities. Mm -hmm. That's why we did the vibe last year but really having my energy in alignment with who I want to be and how I show up in the world. So to kind of see that 
And that was the thing that people, it was never like, occasionally it was like great content, but like majority of the time, it was something that was related to that. Uh, and I think it's a huge part to know when you're clear on what the solutions are that you offer and that you're in alignment, I think is what you're talking about as well. That alignment is so important. And then you do become a magnet, a divine magnet to all the things that are coming in and who you can serve and support at the highest level, I guess, is the way that I always think about it too. Mm, totally. And, and then I think people get caught up in, again, that, that self-sabotage and so if you're not clear on how your wound plays out you you kind of shadow as cheese would say to me shadow box myself you shadow box yourself and a lot of people get really excited but then they're not fully embodied or in alignment with what it is they want to talk about or, or preach if you like in inverted commas to the world that they start telling people what they do and no one cares what you do or what technique it is people care about how they feel when they're with you. And they like what you were saying. People don't remember what you say. They remember how they felt when you were saying whatever it is you were saying. And then I think that's when you're putting yourself out there, it's easy to become the, the preacher and shove it down people's throats and yell and scream and tell everyone and all that sort of thing, which never really works. Yeah, it's actually being relatable to the person that you used to be. Remember the person you used to be and talk to that person and allow space for people to come along that journey. Because if you go too far ahead of people or people get too scared of change because we're quite comfortable where, where we are, you know, yeah. that's that's also the challenging part. As you put yourself out there, we like to tell everyone what we're doing and, and that you should be doing it too. We don't actually relate to the person, that little kid that wants to be seen and heard in everyone and then allow them to go and expand and work through whatever it is that you're offering. Can you ask Cheese if he's okay with people bringing their magical child to the bedroom and the play and the boardroom? Wow, wow. We, we should get him on one day. That'd be a great conversation. Like, yeah, don't want people's wounded inner child in the boardroom, but I want people's magical, creative, playful child in there in some way. But obviously that Look, takes that sounds a pretty good. So if someone's sitting there today, right, listening, and they're feeling like their imposter has come in a little bit or there's that sabotaging pattern where they're like, yeah, I'm really afraid of being lonely or not belonging and what that would look like, what would be one piece that you would recommend for them in that space? One. Yes, which means you can give three. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I've got three. So, yeah, um, well, it is, it is understanding that, like for the example I can say is like most of the people I'm working with, there's an underlying need to be liked. And there's some sadness around that. There's, there's some sort of rejection and at the bottom of it is either unworthy or unworthiness or loneliness. So understanding what that is and how that's playing out and where that's played out before and understand that when, cause when you go into the fear and you actually look at it, it's like, it's like, oh, okay that's manageable. I can survive from that. I can, I know what I know. I have some skills and I know what I could do in that situation that would get me out of that situation. So it's shining a yeah. light on what is actually underlying rather than pretending that it's not there just because it doesn't feel good. Explore the doesn't feel good part because there's a gift there waiting to be released. Yeah. Um, the other thing is if you're doing something new, 
the physiological changes in your brain, the neurology has got to shift. We've fired and wired this wound and reacted from this wound that we didn't know was there for a while. And we're reacting from that. So if you're going to step into something new or step out or put yourself out there, there's a whole lot of neurology that needs to change, which requires a certain amount of physical energy, glucose for the brain, for these new pathways to be fired and wired. If it's the first time you're going down this path in your brain I'm talking about, it's going to be hard because there's nothing there. But that's also exciting. That's where you need to be. And then I think it's looking back and it's at Bronnie Ware, isn't it? The top five regrets of the dying. Paoli Kerr Nurse wrote a book about the top five regrets. Um, none of them is about how much money we weighed or how safe we were. It's actually about the things that most of the regrets are the things that we didn't do. Yeah. And in that first part that you're talking about of acknowledging the wound or the fear that's coming up, I think also giving yourself permission to acknowledge the humanness in this journey because like as you're saying with the brain and the wiring is it's really natural for us to want to be liked and not rejected from our tribe because that rejection basically used to lead to us dying because if mm -hmm. we were rejected our tribe, we would have died. So it's literally the exact same pain point in our brain. So when we can breathe and acknowledge that and then just keep talking to that inner child and letting ourselves know I am safe, everything is going to be okay, I'm not going to die like that video and in that space just acknowledge that it's a really natural because I think what you're talking about before this whole idea of like well just be positive or just like push yourself through the performance of this that the other there's some merit to it but to have a compassionate encouraging kind conversation that is motivating and empowering but comes into his place of realizing that it's actually a human response so there's nothing wrong with you we're not broken in any way, shape or form if we have a bit of fear or we freak out a little bit at a change in our life. We're actually just human. And in that humanness, that's where you can look at. Make sure you have the right supportive tribe around you that are supporting you to grow into who you are but who you are becoming at the same time as well and that you are having those encouraging conversations. To Sam's point, you have a coach and you have someone inspiring you in that place because it allows us to understand that it's completely natural and normal, but we don't want it to hold us back from taking the next step or taking that risk in terms of a giant or even a small leap of faith. I just, I sometimes get so shocked when I'm talking to clients that might've booked in the first session and how much it's taken them to book in a session. And I'm like, Are you kidding? This is like the best thing in the world. Uh, but like how much fear there is, because I think a part of our identity comes up, even in making that one commitment to saying, I want to change something. So much fear can come up just even in that space. So breathing through it, grounding, reminding yourself the reasons that you're doing it, where you're heading, or even if you've got no idea at all, just actually taking that first step uh, is such a huge part, I think, to acknowledge our humanness and not try and bypass it with all of these spiritual concepts is important as well. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's the, you know, the, going back to the symptom, like I know if it's, it's usually anger that comes up for me or resentment in some way, shape or form. Yep. And that's and that's where I'd stay and then I'd retreat so I didn't um, verbally lash out or physically lash out or anything like that. Yep. I would remove myself from the situation. And now I know, okay, 
it took me a it's still sometimes this you know still this is retrospectively sometimes but the the retrospective stuff is a lot quicker like i was a bit i was a bit triggered this morning and i was getting a bit angry and and resentful but then as i work through it it just comes back to my core wound of loneliness it's like it's just a it's just a, a symptom on top so what's the actual cause what am i feeling oh okay right I, I get that is that true it's not really actually true when you get to it mm. okay bang sweet whereas we get those feelings and particularly i feel men like are not able to process anger or feel resentment we're, we're actually being told not to show that yeah. or store that up for the footy field or for the cricket field or something like that mm. store it up for the right place but actually if you jump into it and actually probably drop below it there's probably an element of sadness or fear underneath yeah. and that and that core wound coming out with that inner child so it's that re that resistance to what you're feeling creates is not good it's it's going to be a limited resource for you that's going to break apart at some point and in it, isn't it crazy because then what we actually do which is totally counterintuitive and i see it with a lot of the senior leaders that i work with one-on-one -on -one, is that we then isolate ourselves to create the loneliness because in that space we're like well i can't possibly have permission to tell my team I'm a bit overwhelmed right now or I don't have capacity for what's going on. But yet what that actually does is build trust. And it also builds a culture of authenticity for everyone around to know. And this is where we look from that mental health prevention perspective is that if that leader is holding it together all the time but crumbling inside, people can tell if you are tired or exhausted mm. or you need something. And we've still got that old, I guess, patriarchal energetic structure sometimes in organisations that's like, we should have it together all the time. And it's like, actually, the hugest transformations I have ever seen in clients and with teams is when the leader's willing to share an experience that they've had either with their mental health, what's going on with their family at this moment in time. And obviously to the level that feels comfortable, but to just say, hey, I'm feeling anxious today. And for those of us that have worked and lived and experienced this work for like decades, that seems so simple mm. and so easy. And isn't this just what people do all day, every day? But what I see is like conquering that mountain is so huge for people, particularly the men that I work with, because there's this idea that, well, when you're at the top, when you're a CEO, you shouldn't like that's just there like you need to be in power and control but when it happens it's like what actually enables you to do is step out of those jerk-like behaviors because you're actually just owning that today you're having a really shitty day and so it'd be really cool if people didn't come to you with as many problems as they might have for their day but tomorrow will be a totally different day and actually just even hitting the effort button and going for half an hour an hour and just doing something to charge yourself up because we've still got this idea of just pushing ourselves and pushing ourselves and pushing ourselves. And I see it in the coaching industry as well with people as well. So when we're talking about moving through fears and anxieties and all of this, it's like done in a really nourishing but inspiring way that works for you because we do have the male and female brains as well. And I'm really aware of masculine feminine energy. But having worked now with so many senior leaders as men, the relief in them when I give them permission to say, it's okay to feel something. Yeah, like, totally. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. And I think, and just acknowledging too, I think you said, did you say responsibility? 
And I think I want to touch on that concept of, and we'll take a different context, but just looking at if there's something externally to you that's giving you the shits or is triggering you or whatever word you like to use, I don't mind. Yeah. It's not actually more often than not, there's something there that's yours. It's, it comes back to you. And it's easy, it's easy for us to blame and push responsibility of how we're feeling onto, onto others and certain situations. Yeah. But I guarantee that situation, there's an element there where you, I'm um, just thinking of my own sort of story, um, you know. About the dishes. <laughs> the dishes, the dishes are good. And I was thinking of another situation where um, another person has triggered me and it was more about the, the behaviour that that person was doing I got in trouble for as a kid. Yeah, wow. Or, and not necessarily, like, not exactly, babe, but generalising and going, okay, the way that this person is going about stuff, I actually got told off for belittled, probably got a whack, yeah. you know, and told not to do that behaviour. So is it this person's behaviour and I could blame them and they're this and they're that, which I definitely did. <laughs> but I have a better understanding how underneath that is actually, oh, no, it's because I feel lonely because I got in trouble for doing all these things. So for me to fit in, I had to not do that part of me. Mm. This person isn't actually doing it wrong. They're doing them awesome, yeah. amazingly well, and have sent that person a text message to say, thank you for being you. Yeah. Eventually, it took me a while. Because but, we, we disown that part. But yeah, and we want to make, and then that inner child, and I, you see it in conversations and arguments, the inner child just wants to be right. No, I'm right. Whereas actually, if you know, what's the Wayne Dyer talks about, you know, the best the best thing when an argument comes up is like, oh, I'd never thought of it that way. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> what can you say to that? <laughs> and that, that's the curiosity, isn't it? Like, there's so much beauty that can come in being curious, and and being curious in a like, okay, well, I'm going to go away and I'm really going to look at that. I'm going to look at that piece and ask myself, is there something? in me or was it just their behavior but actually I think this inquiry rather than and I love the word I've been talking this week a lot with clients around the word of responsibility because I think we can do either side of the spectrum we take no responsibility or we take full responsibility even for everybody else's actions and behaviors and we make we think that we're broken there's something wrong with us and when the word in itself is our ability to respond to something. So we are going to respond. So the more we can slow that down and take the responsibility opportunity to say, how do I choose to respond? What ability do I want to respond in now? And am I going to be proud of that in an hour still? <laughs> yeah, totally. Am I going to, is this going to make this better or is it going to make this situation a hell of a lot worse? And I think there's some fear of like saying to people, hey, I think it's best that we don't talk about this right now and I go and cool off or take a deep breath so I can come back and have a really like assertive and useful conversation with you. Because it's like we think we've got to that part to be right the whole time and we've got to resolve it in that moment. But sometimes in the moment, it's only going to make matters worse. Mm -hmm. hmm. <sighs> so... I guess if I was to summarise some of the things that we have been talking about, 
in terms of that integration of when we go into this idea of fearing the loneliness or like believing that that's what's going to be created from it, we then step into whatever patterns and behaviours aren't that useful for us. But if we can actually own who we are in terms of the shadow and the light and all the archetypal patterns and behaviours, and then even being okay with if that imposter comes in, if that fraud idea comes in and there's something new that you're stepping into, it's okay because you haven't fully integrated or become that yet. You don't know everything about what you're about to step into. It's like you don't, it's like even with the learning ladder that we go through in workshops, it's like you don't actually fully know what you don't even know yet. Mm. You're actually in unconscious incompetence in some mm. shape or form. So of course there's going to be an imposter there. And I see it in the soul coaching certification training because like in the first day, people are like, oh, I can't do this. Like I'm never going to be able to do this. And I'm like, I, you're not expected to be able to do this yet. We're like day one of eight days. <laughs> uh, but it's like straight away in that unconscious incompetence, those unconscious ideas of like, how do I keep myself safe in this moment? And obviously uh, we sometimes think the easiest way is to run. Um, but to calm ourselves down and to take a deep breath and just look at, okay, what's next? And what do I want to believe about this situation and my capability? Mm. Yeah, everything everything we see around us was once an idea. So true. Whether it's the whiteboard, the, the stand-up desk, the computer, the phone, mm. the tablet, the pencil, you know, Ooh. someone thought of this. This wasn't in existence. And I say, if you can think it and intend it somewhere in your energetic field, it's true. So you just got to bring it in, ground it, anchor it, and then create it. Are we ready for a card, do we think? Yeah. So today I have untethered Ooh. soul cards. Nice. So anyone that follows me will know that the untethered soul is literally one of my most favorite books. Michael A. Singer is a genius in my eyes. And uh, if you've never read it, it's a really short, thick, thin book. Uh, and it really does explain like some of the concepts that we've been talking about already around like our thoughts and becoming that sacred observer of the thoughts rather than letting those thoughts control us. So our card today, though the cards are very simple, <laughs> they're always so perfect. So it's this is a way of supporting the awakening of <laughs> And the, the card says, you are not your thoughts. You are simply aware of your thoughts. So what this talks about in terms of his book is how often we can become the observer of our reactions or what we want to do to react in a situation and just simply acknowledge, well, if you're observing that situation, if you're even observing those thoughts that are being made up, that story that's being created about that situation, then you can't be those thoughts. You can't actually be like we, there has to be that part, which is our consciousness that is actually observing all of that. And the more we can be in that role of the sacred observer, the more untethered we become to this idea and identity of who we think we should be or what we should show up and represent in the world, because we then start to come into that place of authenticity around, well, who do I want to be? Yeah. 
yeah, who's who's the person behind the thoughts? Because you're you're not necessarily your thoughts. It's actually coming from somewhere within you. Yeah. Thank you. I have uh, haven't I've got that book in on Audible, and I've been um I've been looking for something different to listen to, and I was like, oh, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Thanks for that. That was great. So just wishing you all a wonderful week, whatever is in store and doing your darndest to become aware of that sacred observer as much as possible and how can you love and accept wherever you are and whatever is going on and particularly that part that is our humanness. Uh, and if there is any moments that you ever feel alone, know that we are here to support every step of the way. Absolutely. Thanks, Kyla. Wishing you all a wonderful week. Over and out. So, legends, that was episode two of the uh, Press Play podcast with Kyla T and Sammy P. Today was all about imposter syndromes, wounds that are holding us back and how to make that big step forward with that brilliant, crazy, weird idea that you have and embracing all your awesomeness and weirdness all at the same time. You can find Kyla at I Love Life on Facebook, kylatustin.com. You can find me, Sammy P, on Facebook, and the website is sammyp.com.au. Look forward to seeing and chatting with you on the next episode.